We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. No book on earth is deeper and richer than the Bible, and few passages of Scripture go deeper than the book of Romans. Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles with us to Romans chapter 10 and listen in to part two of this message in progress as we learn together from God's Word. You won't allow yourself to to be put under the authority of God and God's Word. After everything else is said and done, you're you're just unwilling to put yourself under the authority of God. And so Paul says, don't think you're going to be super spiritual and go to heaven and bring Christ down. Stop trying to prove how, how, how good you are. Don't think you're, you're going to be so religious that you're going to go down to the depths of the earth and bring Christ up. No, no, no. God's already put the word of faith in your mouth and in your heart. Just submit to him. That's why the Bible says, Romans chapter 1, that the law of God is written on our hearts by the Holy Spirit of God. You're you're this close. There's there's somebody in here today. I would just I would just believe with all my heart that there's somebody in here today that is that is just so close to salvation. They're so close to accepting Christ as their Savior. They just haven't stepped over yet. If that's you today, just submit. Well, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Right, that's because we call it by faith. But I will tell you that Jesus is a gracious God who's come to give life and life more abundantly. And the God that you currently serve, which is Satan, has three desires in your life. He desires to steal from you, he desires to kill you, and he desires to rob from you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to rob you of joy. He wants you to die. When, when people die prematurely, Satan throws a party. When people die prematurely, God weeps. When people come to Christ for eternal life, there's a celebration in heaven. When people get eternal life, uh, there's there's doldrums and discouragement in the pits of hell. Why? Because Satan hates you. You say, well, I don't know which one I'm going to accept. No, bro, you were born on the other team. You weren't born neutral. Bible says in Romans 5.12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. As soon as you sin, you join the other team, and you sinned a long time. You were just born that way. And so Paul says, God's doing a work in your heart. God's doing a work in your life. You're so close. Just, just understand God's working on you, but you do have to submit, and you do have to accept Him by faith. And then we see, in conclusion to the message today, now listen, I want you to hold on. Are you holding on to your seats here? Real quick, everybody, if you've been here for all the series in Romans, or, or for most of the series in Romans, you're like, I, mean, I haven't missed a service in two and a half years. Okay, watch it with your sarcasm. But we're going to go verses 9 to 17. First time in the history of our study of Romans, we're going 1 to 17. So you could thank me afterwards if you care. Something like, I don't really care how, how long it takes you to get through Romans. But I want you to notice verses 9 to 17, the clarity of the gospel. 
The Bible says in verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I want you to notice the gospel simplicity. The Bible uses this word that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. The word confess just means to admit to, to consent to. It's not under duress, but to consent freely. It can't be forced. Islam says that they will expand by the sword, and either you profess Islam or they will kill you. Jesus understands you can't force people to believe. You can force people to say stuff, but you can't force people to believe. Consent. That if thou shalt confess with thy, that's what the word confess means, just admit, not under duress, but freely. If you confess in a free will way, confess with your mouth, and believe in thine heart. The word heart is the inner man, including the mind, the emotions, and the conscience of the person, and believe to accept is true. If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God hath raised him, who's the subject? Jesus is the subject. Raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Again, we go back to the definition of salvation earlier, which is to be freed from sin, to free from the eternal judgment of sin, to have be a citizen of heaven, thou shalt be saved. So if you will confess freely with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. See, here's the gospel in a nutshell, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came to the earth, that he lived for 33 and a half years and he never sinned one time. He never broke the law one time because he is God and he cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man, the book of James says. And, and Jesus lived on this earth 33 and a half years. He was violently murdered by the Jew, by the Romans at the instigation of the Jews. He was murdered on a cross for your sin and mine because we are sinners. He was put in a tomb that he didn't own. And three days later, under his own power and authority, he rose again from the grave, proving he had power over death and hell and the grave. And the Bible says that if you will confess that he's Lord and believe that he died, was buried and rose again from the grave, God promises to give you eternal life. You say, well, that seems pretty easy. Well, yeah, verse number 10, he reiterates the idea. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. With the inner man. This is which the, the righteousness that we talked about earlier. The righteousness which reconciles me to God. The, the righteousness... That, that we looked at in, in verse number 31 of chapter 9, the law of righteousness. Uh, for with the heart man believes unto being in right standing with God, we could say. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In righteousness, it's a state of satisfying the moral character of God. The moral character of God is satisfied by people who put their faith in Christ and confess that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart, uh, or with the heart man believe that the righteous, with the mouth confession is made. The word confession is an open declaration of the gospel. I had somebody say one time, you don't have to pray to get saved. Well, that's dumb, because you do. But what God requires is an outward confession. And somebody tried to argue, with them, well, what about a person who's mute and they can't speak? Maybe they're deaf and they can't speak. They might not be able to speak with their mouth, but they can still outwardly confess that Jesus is Lord. 
Confession is a requirement. To whatever level that that person is capable of the confession, they're to openly declare their belief in the gospel. It is not a work in any way. It's just like, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please save me. I need you. That's an open confession that you believe with your heart because what is in the heart comes out of the mouth. Matthew says it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and so there's a, there's a heart belief that transforms the person, and then that heart comes out with the, what comes out of the heart is spoken through the mouth. The simplicity of the gospel. And then I want you to notice verse 11 to 13, quickly, the availability of the gospel. Now, if you have a Bible that you underline or highlight, which I hope you bring that to church because you should, you can have one that you don't, whatever. But if you, if you do, I want you to do a little exercise. For the Scripture saith, or the Bible says, many, many times the Bible says. For the sake of time, we won't look at them, but many times the Old Testament says this. Whosoever, which means whoever, believeth, believeth is described as verses 9 and 10, believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Again, ashamed means to frustrate one's hope, to be disappointed. Whosoever. Circle the word whosoever, just with your finger or with a pen or highlight it or whatever. Whosoever. Okay? Now look at verse number 12. For there is no difference between the Jew or Greek, Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all, circle that word all, is rich unto all, circle that word all, that call upon him for salvation, which is the subject. For whosoever, circle that again, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, in Hebrew writing, I've taught this for 20 years, so many of you know this. The writing, people that wrote in Hebrew did not have the grammatical capacity or capability to use an exclamation point. And so they, because that wasn't in the grammar of the Hebrew. And so in an effort to draw attention to something, they would restate it. And they were drawing particular attention to something if they restated the same thing a different way. And they were drawing incredible attention to something if they said it three times. So you'd read in the New Testament something like, Verily, verily, I say unto you, where Jesus says that. He's drawing attention to what he is saying there. Verily, verily, or truly, truly. Or listen to what I'm about to say. When Paul uses the word whosoever in verse 11, all twice in verse 12, and whosoever in verse number 13, it's all the same Greek word, and he uses it four times. So he is exploding with emphasis on this point. And he uses the Greek word pos. We would phonetically spell it P-A-S. And it means all, or the totality, or completeness, or as it would be used here, everyone considered individually. Like I could say it to this room, all of you, and it would mean all of you as a collective, and yet all of you as an individual. That, that's the idea of this word. So Paul says, now we're going somewhere that I think is really important to understand. Paul says, the Scripture says, or saith, that all of you as a group, and yet all of you as individuals that believe on Jesus will not be ashamed. Verse number 11. Verse number 12. Well, 
Why? Well, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. I don't care about your your background. I don't care about what country you were born in. I don't care about your heritage. And at this point, he cares, but he doesn't. This is not the point he's trying to make. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all of you as a corporate body, and yet all of you as, as individuals is rich unto all of you as a corporate body, and yet all of you as individuals that call upon him. In case you were wondering, verse 13, for all of you as a corporate body, and all of you as individuals that will call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Well, pastor, what's the point then? Well, There's a lot of confusion in Romans chapter 9 that people have read, isogeted into the text. And we know from a verse-by-verse, word-by-word study through Romans chapter 9 that the Apostle Paul is is helping them to remember as a nation of Israel, because Romans 9 deals with Israel on the earth. God's dealing with Israel on the earth. And the Apostle Paul helps them to understand that you are a blessed nation and a chosen nation, and God showed His blessing on you, Israel, by allowing you to be the nation through which the message of the gospel would come. Old Testament prophets and priests wrote it, and you were a blessing to the world. And you're the nation through which the Messiah would come. You were a blessing to the world. And and some of the Jews might begin to think that, well, we are incredibly blessed, and this was going around, and we don't need the gospel because we're already saved because we were born in the nation of Israel. And Paul is writing them, and Paul is saying, oh, no, 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 salvation is for anyone who believes on Jesus. They'll not be turned away. Salvation is for everyone. The Lord who is over everyone will save anyone who calls on him. And if there is any question, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So you cannot make the argument, and you should not make the argument, that, well, I wanted to receive Christ, he just wouldn't let me. Nor should you make the argument that God's up in heaven and he's picking winners and losers and he's creating people for the sole purpose of sending them to hell and never giving them an opportunity to come to Jesus Christ. No, Paul answers that emphatically in this passage of Scripture that salvation is for everyone over and over and over again. Just like the Scripture says, salvation is for all mankind at all time, any who will call on the name of Christ. So you can't be here today and think, well, it's not available to me. I've sinned too much. No, salvation is available to you. It matters not how much you've sinned in the past. Jesus is the Savior for today and in the future. He wants to save your soul. And if you will put your faith and trust in him, he guarantees you that he'll give you heaven as your hope. If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. The gospel is available. But, well, I heard somebody say that, you know, I mean, just really have to grapple with this. I don't think you have to grapple with the truth. It just kind of smacks you in the face. It's available. It's available to all mankind. Well, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't understand everything. Well, neither do I. And by the way, neither does anyone else. 
Great is the mystery of godliness. There, there are things about Jesus that none of us will understand. But I understand this much, that Jesus loves everyone on the earth so much, and God loved everyone on the earth so much, that he sent Jesus Christ to die for the sin of mankind. And he didn't die just for a select few. He died for everyone. Yep. And then we see the propagation of the gospel, verse number 14 to 17. How shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? And, and he's working in, in reverse order. How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, that bring glad tidings of good things. So he says in, in verse number 14, um, they can't believe on something if they've never heard about it. How can they believe on him of whom they've not heard? If they're ignorant to the gospel, they can't know the gospel. And how are they going to hear without a preacher, a declarer? This does not mean pastor. He didn't say, how shall they hear without a pastor? The word preacher here is just someone who proclaims the gospel, to herald the gospel. Listen to me clearly. You ought to be known at work as the preacher. They might not want to say those words. That's totally fine. But, but you ought to be known as the guy that if you're struggling, he'll pray for you. If you need something, he's the guy that's going to help you. He's going to tell you about Jesus Christ. He's going to tell you how to have eternal life. He's, he's going he's to encourage you. Say, well, well, they might make fun of me. Well, they made fun of Jesus. I, is, is that the worst thing that happens is they might make fun of us? Without you, they'll die and go to hell. Can we suffer the reproach of Christ just a little bit? Well, my company, they don't, they don't really like it when people preach. Well, I'm not saying you need to take an offering at lunchtime. But there ought to be a character about you that everybody knows, hey, this person is very, very sincere in their faith. Like when people ask me, like, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, man, we had a great day at church. Like four people got saved. So I don't even know what that means, Chris. What is that? Oh, you don't know what it means? Let me tell you what it means. They asked. If HR at Canyon Ridge Baptist Church calls me in, I'm going to tell that woman to mind her own business. They asked, how shall they hear without a preacher? I know it's different for some of you, and you've got to navigate that. We're going to talk tonight about asking God for wisdom and grace to help. I get all of that. I'm not trying to be dismissive of that, but I am saying that people will never hear if no one ever preaches to them. Verse 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent? One of the ministries of Canyon Ridge is to send all of you out to a lost and dying world so that you can tell people, if you know Jesus, you can tell people how to find Jesus. Why? Because you have beautiful feet if you preach the gospel. Paul took the ugliest thing in the first century about the human being, which was their feet, and he says, even your feet will be beautiful if you'll share the gospel and bring glad tidings of good things. He goes on to say, but they've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, who has believed our report? There's going to be people who won't hear. There's going to be people who won't listen. We're not ignorant of that. We get that. So then, verse number 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by way of hearing and hearing by the word of God. What they need is to hear and what they need to hear is the gospel. I, uh, I am an evangelist by nature. I, I just love it. I love to tell people about the gospel. I love to talk to people about the gospel. I want to share the gospel. And one of the things I've learned in recent years 
epignosis that I've taken in is the power of the Word of God. To where I don't have to debate everyone. I don't have to defend even the Bible. I just kind of have to let it loose. So I used to debate like atheists and agnostic folks, and I can still have those conversations, and that I've, I've found them to normally be less than productive. Normally, not always, but normally to be less than productive. But I'll tell you what's very productive is if somebody will read the Bible, it's amazing to see how God will begin to work in their heart and life just by their reading of the Scripture. So I'll often tell people, hey, if you want to have eternal life and you're really questioning it, well, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in this, I don't believe in this, I don't believe in this. Okay, do me a favor, do me a favor. Just be a curious atheist and read the Bible. Now, when you tell someone to read the Bible, you have to tell them where to read because they're going to do like everyone else and start in the book of Genesis, and they're going to get to about chapter 6 and go, I don't think this has anything for me. So I always tell people, start in Matthew and read through John and do that three times in a month. Now, they normally won't do it three times in a month, but they'll do it one or two times. And it's amazing when somebody just begins to read the Bible even without any exposition, without any church services, without anybody talking to them, how God begins to work. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if not, start reading in the book of Matthew and read 20 to 30 minutes a day and just Matthew chapter 1 and read all the way through the book of John. You do that two or three times. I am firmly persuaded that you'll know who Jesus is, you'll be convinced of who Jesus is, and you'll have to make a faith-based decision. Will I accept him or will I reject him? Well, what's the argument? Don't need an argument. I need the word. Well, well, how do I convince people? Not your job to convince. It's your job to get them to go to the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. You might have to remind them. You might have to encourage them. You might have to build them up. You might have to help them be, be in a place of remembrance. But faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And it changes everything. See, here's the deal. The gospel is available to everyone. The gospel is, is to be propagated to everyone. Why are we having a, a Frontline Heroes Sunday next week? Because we want law enforcement and fire and all of those agencies that we're inviting. We want them to hear the glorious gospel of Jesus. Christ, because it's to go into all the world and to be preached to every single creature. And we want every single creature to have opportunity to hear the gospel. And I want to model it corporately because I want you to go out and live it individually. Just like I have to live it individually. So, you might not get English, you might not get math, but do you get the gospel? Two questions. Number one, Christian brother or sister, who are you passionate about coming to Jesus Christ? And define, just, just take out a piece of paper, you have it there, jot it down in your mind. Who are you passionate about coming to Christ? And define passion by how much you pray for them to be saved. Just to find passion by who you are praying to be saved. Because that would be the, the example of passion in this scripture. Paul's willing to die and go to hell for people if they would be saved. And he's praying, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is they, they might be saved. Christian brother or sister, who are you praying for that they would be saved? If you're like, if you're like me, that was a hard 
personal survey to take because I don't feel like I had very many people on there. I, I have people on there, but I don't have very many people on there. But I, I can tell you a lot of prayer requests that I have. We're getting ready to build an accessory dwelling unit in our house for my father-in-law, and I'm, I'm praying for grace for me, for my father-in-law when he comes, and, and for a really big fence so he can't see my wife. I, 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 there's a lot of things I'm praying for. Pray we have good service today. Pray generally that people will be saved regularly, but who's the last person you specifically prayed for to be saved and when? Just run the test. Just in your own heart. It, it, you say, I, I feel bad if I do it. Okay, let, let that turn into epignosis. Let that turn into changed behavior. And then, if you're here and you don't know Christ, do you get the gospel? Do you get that Jesus loves you and he died for you? And if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you can be saved today. Today. You've got to believe in your heart, but you can be saved today. You can be saved right now if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And our prayer is that you will admit that you are a sinner. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I violated your law. That you'll express repentance and seek forgiveness. God, please forgive me of my sin and declare your need for salvation. Jesus, I need you. Only through you can I be saved. Please come into my heart and forgive me of my sin. If you'll pray a prayer similar to that, you use your own words, but similar to that, that's the cry of your heart. The, the Bible says that God will save you. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, will be saved. Come to him today. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Tune in next week as Pastor Chadwick continues this powerful series of messages from Romans. Speaking of, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian, the Bible, and how to go to heaven, we invite you to visit CanyonRidgeRadio.com for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, Make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m. at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at canyonridgeradio.com.